0: This is another episode of the Emmanuel Pastors Podcast, which is designed to be a chance for you to just listen in on a conversation between uh, the two current pastors at Emmanuel Baptist Church right now, and hopefully it will be edifying to you, helpful um, to get to know us, and also be thinking about God's Word. So I'm Pastor Nathan. I'm Theo. And um, we've been having fun with this, and we're still continuing to average over 200 listens a month so somebody's listening maybe they're like russian robots out there i don't know
1: well i mean i i don't know i hope it's a blessing i hope people get something out of it and you're served by it and so if you are then that's good praise god yeah so
0: and the, the Russian robots will definitely be listening to us today because our conversation is about politics. Mm. Um, yeah, so they're probably going to be hacking our accounts and, you know, sending misinformation and all that stuff. But, oh, no. But we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is something that's kind of been in the queue. Um, you know, it, it's political season, right? So another presidential election coming up. In, uh, in not too long, we just had the the conventions, the political conventions, so it's full political season right now, and um, it's something that we we need to talk about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, um, my uh, my my daughter, my oldest, uh, Lucy, she is going to be 14. So my my second oldest is is twelve today, so happy birthday, Mary. Hmm. And uh, Lucy turns fourteen, or th- yeah, fourteen on October eleventh, which means that in the next presidential election, she will vote. That's mind blowing, right? Crazy. Hmm. My, my little baby is going to be voting. Um. So in some ways, like how how should I, as a parent, which is similar to how should we, as pastors help her with that adult um, responsibility how, how would we help her think about understanding what politics is how to evaluate politicians what pitfalls to avoid what values to hold um, and how to think about her Christian assuming she is a Christian how you be a Christian in the voting booth hmm. what do you think
1: yeah, so I, I'm going to be uh, very upfront and say that this, this is a topic that I uh, out of like the majority of things that we talk about, like I I feel like this is the one that I might be the least maybe like the least <laughs> qualified to speak on because um, it, it's hard and I do have, I'm still learning and I'm trying to be sure of what i think before i make any uh certain statements or anything like that that's wise um i think i think an important question to ask is um, you know what uh what's what's the best way to frame it like what, what is the church's, the Christian's responsibility uh, in in caring for you know, obviously we, we at Emmanuel are here to um, preach the gospel, to make disciples, make much of Jesus Christ in the great city of Chicago um, but outside of that indirectly, you know, what what is our responsibility towards the people who are not Christians towards loving our neighbor towards doing good uh, generally speaking Um, and I think uh, for me like a good guide to to some of this question that that I've used in in my own thinking about this topic is is looking at how uh, Jesus sort of frames uh, the mission of the disciples in Matthew 10 Um, so you see Jesus like commissioning them out And they're going to preach and they're going to face, uh, adversity, confrontation as they're preaching the good news that, uh, the kingdom of heaven is here, Repent, be baptized, believe in Jesus, and you'll be part of the kingdom of God. Um, but as they go out and preach the gospel, uh, they also do miracles and, and different people get healed. Uh, uh, demons get cast out and different things happen like that. Um. I don't know if this is like a right way to think of it, but I've always thought of those those, those miracles that the disciples did as, as small small previews of the, the full consummation of, of Christ's kingdom on this earth, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, when they went out and they healed someone, like obviously that, that person still got sick, probably died later on in life or something like that. So it's not like, the full consummation of the kingdom of God. It's not everything, right. uh, but it's not nothing. It, it meant something. It showed people a little bit of uh, what life looks like when you're in right relationship to God and and one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I hope that that for me when I when I'm out in the world and preaching the gospel, I, I always keep that first. Like I'm I'm trying to make much of Jesus Christ first and the fact that he uh, lived died and rose again to reconcile us to God and to one another Um, but as I'm doing that like I hope I can show a little bit through my work through the way I vote through the way I conduct myself in the public sphere of Mm -hmm. maybe what it looks like for, for that relationship to play out in real time I guess
0: That's a good framework to to kind of place things in, really a word and deed, how those fit together, that what you talk about there will uh, impact how we uh, view our vocations, our jobs, our engagement with the world, our care for society, of which political engagement is one aspect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we want to... You know, we care about our city, we care about our country, we care about the world. In, in temporal ways, you know, we can't not do that. Uh, it's not our um, main objective. is merely to make the world a better place, right? Uh, we're, we're heralds of another world. We're proclaiming the gospel, especially the church. The church can't get um, sidetracked by politics, which happens very frequently, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, um, and and kind of just become a, a a pawn or a tool in some political agenda, some this worldly um, enterprise or um, effort. Um, we got to keep making the gospel the main thing, proclaiming the kingdom of God. But something you said earlier, making disciples, I mean that's our our that's the great commission that's our mission as a church is to, enjoy and proclaim the gospel and and then make disciples and part of that discipleship process in, involves how do you vote yeah how do you think about yeah social issues how do you think about your relation to government and other um hmm. you know um organizations Mm. political type organizations. Right. Yeah. So we need to disciple people. We can't we can't just say the gospel is our main thing and use that as a cop out for yeah. completely right. avoiding these discussions. This is yeah. part of discipleship, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the stuff that gets into the pulpit, into the main thrust of the church, but it's as uh, one person kind of talked about it, you know, there's the there's the sanctuary where the church, as church, does what the church does, which is proclaim the gospel and the word of God, and and speak where it clearly where it speaks clearly. Mm-hmm. And then there's the church basement, you know, where you have these kind of hairy discussions about, well, what does that look like, and how do we, you know, how do we work that out and tease that out into yeah. what I what I do in my my day to day life and who I vote for. So yeah, uh, we have to have those discussions as a church, um, and this podcast is a good place to have that. So yeah. Who, what was the first presidential election you voted in? Do you remember? Uh, the first one that I was uh,
1: like. Yeah, the, the first one I was able to vote for was the 2016 one. I what?
0: Think. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh my gosh. Uh, that puts in perspective. Yep. Wow. Uh, no. Okay. I voted for Bob Dole.
1: <laughs> that was your first your first one
0: I think so wow yeah. uh, I I went to uh, Bill Clinton's second inauguration I was actually there um, and I went to the inaugural ball I was I was kind of a I was kind of into politics as a kid
1: hmm.
0: uh, I actually minored in politics in college so it's been a, a somewhat of a side hobby of mine but uh, yeah I was voted most likely to become president in my high school class because I, you know, I'd gone to, I got into this uh, national young leaders conference, which is like a week in D.C. You have to wear a suit and tie every day. You get to go to all these places and visit, you know, the floor of the Senate and go to the Supreme Court and kind of see how politics works and have a mock Congress and and then I went, I w- became an alumni of that organization and went back to D.C. as a, for the presidential youth inaugural conference and. Uh, was interviewed on local television station, talking about politics. Just as a kid, I went to DC a ton. I like went there as a like a fifth grader with my school yeah. singing group. We went there for at least one family vacation. Um, I went there for like uh the Promise Keepers like Million Man March. Oh. Okay. I don't know if you m- remember hearing about that, like on the mall. I, it has been a while since I went back, but I, I, I went back two years ago for a, a March for Life and um, a conference about evangelicals for life. So, D.C. Hmm. is an interesting place. And, we, and then I took the family there last summer. So, politics is kind of uh, interesting. So, you've always like you always liked this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have. Okay. Yeah. Do you still, like...
1: I, I don't know. Like, even so for me like at like a pretty young age i've always like been pretty disenfranchised by government and and just like i just i i I knew it was important but there was like this part of my soul that's just like i just don't i want you to leave me alone (laughs) that's all i want but yeah um i don't know do you still like do you
0: still have that like passion for for the topic or not so much anymore I think as my passion for Jesus has matured and developed and grown, my passion for politics has, has waned and gone down. Hmm. Uh, I think that that's sanctification, and I think that's what I want to help people aim for. But not to be disengaged. Okay. I'm still, like, I still watch the, the DNC and the RNC bits and pieces of it. I still kind of have a, my eye on it. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by it. Um, I like to think about it. So not apathy, but uh, I, I think pastorally, one thing that I would be looking for in, in people is: Are you getting excited about any candidate? Like, yeah, this guy is the guy. He's going to do it. He's going <laughs> to finally bring change. And you got his bumper sticker on your car, and you're going to post, you know, social media memes, and you're going to like get like really into this. Um, to me, that's a warning sign. I don't think there's anybody that you can get excited about <laughs> mm. <laughs> except Jesus. Interesting. Uh, and you're if you if you are you're probably being duped and you're going to be disillusioned. Yeah. And you're uh, you're you're make you danger, dangerously bordering on some kind of idolatry. Mm. Um. Yeah. Jesus is is the one that has no flaws and is not going to disappoint and is going to bring in change. You know. Mm. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. We had Obama for eight years. Did it? Did it fix the world? No. Hmm. Um, did 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 Trump make America great again? No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or even just getting a little more specific, you know, maybe those people who uh, voted for Trump, thinking that he was going to appoint certain type of Supreme Court justices that were going to maybe overturn Roe v. Wade or or you know walk back some Ober- Obergefell, gay marriage decisions. Did that work out? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> this summer Supreme Court decisions were extremely disappointing if that's where your your hope was. Um so so just yeah, be very chastened in your your enthusiasm about a political candidate. I, I, that's that's a that's a big thing I would say from from the get go. Hmm. Um Nobody I think you're gonna have to. Uh, you have to vote. Alright? We want everybody to vote because that's that's what it means to be part of the system of government that God's placed you in, is to be an engaged citizen, to be informed, and to be a participant. You can't complain if you don't vote, so go vote. And and then as a Christian, you're going to have to hold your nose as you vote for anybody. You should never gleefully cast your vote. Like, yes, this is the guy. Um, you're going to have to... It, it's Politics is, is this murky... Waters of compromise, trade-offs, and and then at, and then even at the at the end of the day, um, best guesses as to what political policies actually. I mean, there are some clear biblical values that are non-negotiable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, but then within those, what what's the political mechanism to actually make those things? Or what actually does help the poor the most? You yeah. know. Is yeah. it a trickle-down capitalistic economy? Is it a, a Marxist redistribution system? Hmm. You know what? What will help? There be um, racial reconciliation. What mm-hmm. will help cre- promote a culture of life? And life does that. You know that means more than just the unborn, but it has to mean that. But yeah. it includes the immigrant and um, yeah. the elderly and medical care and, and so then once you start pulling all this stuff in they're, they're, it's really hard to say um, what the Christian position is on something and you, and you get into this realm of politics where there has to be um, you know at best educated guesses mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then also uh, there's going to be involved some political compromise trade-offs yeah. that's politics yep. yeah yeah
1: yeah, um, that's, um, that's why I sometimes, like, get really discouraged by this conversation. Um, I think, you know, uh, th- the best that I can do, and, like, I've tried to do anyways, is, uh, is, like, study, study an issue as, as best as I can, uh, take a, take a, take a a general position on it and um, and then uh, you know with, with the people that I know I can have these conversations with and, and I don't have them with everybody um, but with people in the church and, and my own friends that I, I trust that like even if we disagree on politics we're both well intentioned and we're both trying to serve Jesus as best as we know how uh, I just I just be honest about what I think and and i I tell them the truth like this is uh, this is how i'm I'm perceiving uh, this this issue. Um, uh, what do you think? and then we have a dialogue about it, and hopefully I walk away from it, helping them think through my side and and me thinking through their side mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know i I don't think like we're ever going to get to a point and, and it's kind of sad. Like, I, like you should always push. You should always try to do your best to like work for and strive for unity on these matters. Cause they are important. Um, but I, I'm not super confident. We're going to all agree on everything at the end of the day. And when that happens, I, I, I normally just tell people like, look, like, um, we're gonna disagree on this issue we, we'll keep talking about it. we'll keep working together as a family in Christ um, but in the meantime like there's some like basic stuff that like you know the Bible tells us to do as a church um, in 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 much less uh, grander spheres of influence mm-hmm. um, that even if we we can't agree on some of these bigger, very important issues. Uh, maybe we can still go to church together and still accomplish some of these. The the very like plain biblical commands together. Right. So.
0: So I hear you saying we need to, the church in the church. We have to be able to disagree agreeably about yeah. politics. Yeah. Um. It's really sad when churches are are torn up on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we saw a little bit of it even in our church in 2016, and that's. I'm really praying that 2020 is different. Um, it wasn't huge, but it was. There was tension there. Yeah. And um. And I just, I just uh, heard from a, a pastor here in the city who just said he had a, um, a family in his church just leave, hmm. uh, the church because the 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 pastor said something that this guy took. You know, offense at about um, you know that wasn't in enough support of police, hmm. and uh, and and they left the church. And I just thought, oh come on, this is not this is that's a sign of great immaturity in in our in our church. We need to be able to disagree agreeably. Um, I also hear you saying, you know, uh, maybe you didn't say this exactly, but. I took from it like, well, let's foc- also keep focusing on local, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the the, the big national pol- political things are become just divisive and fighting points, and 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 let let's not miss. And I I've said this on many different issues. Like you get sucked into a national narrative, mm-hmm. and you become it keeps you away from the local <laughs> issues. Yeah. So what does it mean for us as as Christians? in at our local school council at our local homeowners association meetings yeah. in our in our ward you know um and uh some of those things are more just on the ground and maybe even more simple to understand what we need to be doing Chicago's an interesting place politically um it's there's no <laughs> No Republicans here, right? So your vote really doesn't matter, yeah. even in Illinois, that yeah. much. Which sounds a little bit uh, pessimistic, but um, or cynical, but uh, but that's an interesting test case. That you know, like here's a here's a city that's completely run by one party. It it it, it should be a utopia, right? <laughs> There's no no political wrangling. They can get whatever they want. Yeah, and it's. It's not utopia, yeah. which chastens, again, our expectations. But, um, hmm. Hmm. so what are the things that we can't disagree about? Are there some values that really should be Christian values that uh, should mark us as in the political, that have political application?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think there are. And I think like, you know, as, as scary as it is to try to, uh, make like definitive statements, like I, I think, I think you, sh- you should, um, I definitely, <sighs> um, at, at minimum, I think, um, I, I've, I'm reading like some different different books on, on the topic and um, I think at minimum like the Bible expects government to to create like a, a base line of of, of, uh, of justice uh, from which regular life and can proceed from um, mm-hmm. and I think
0: and even the church can then preach the gospel with yeah. them too right that's the the prayer that Paul tells Timothy to. You know, pray for the leaders that we might live, you know, dignified and godly lives in peace Mm -hmm. and be um, holding out the gospel. You know, that's, that's, so the government belongs to this common kingdom of the Noahic covenant. Right. Of just holding, holding the world together. And within that arena, then the church can do its thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. But like that within the Noahic Covenant, it's like there's there's just some things there's a there's a value of of human life right, right. Um, that like you know like when it's you essential. when you read the Noahic Covenant like that you know it, it institutes like um, if you if you shed man's blood um, then your own blood will be shed and you know there's a lot of conversations about like. How punishment. capital punishment works today and stuff like that, and some of the in the ways it's been misused, and and I don't I don't want to get into that. Like, the, but the point is, like, for the covenant of a, a global, uh, universal n- nature, the common covenant, uh, human life is just valued inherently. Uh, you can't you can't put a price tag on someone's life. It doesn't matter if like. They're unborn, or if they're a different race, or if they're, uh, you know, different ethnicity. If if even like different, um, you know, if some if they're not, quote unquote, valuable to society, like they can't contribute, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like God values life because it's in His image. Right. Uh, um, So I think Christians need to work uh, to make sure that governments do that across the board. Go ahead.
0: Uh, right right uh, really fast just to go back to the uh, being a, a community that can disagree agreeably I think about Jesus's twelve disciples and if you think about their political leanings there was a there was a zealot there There yeah. was a, a radical overthrow of the government <laughs> and there were tax collectors there yeah right and there were um, you know blue collar workers there <laughs> like this was a ragtag group of people mm-hmm. and uh, from different political you know, leanings or backgrounds, and it, and it seems like what re- what yet rallied them together was Christ. Yeah. And they they came together, and uh, maybe still would have voted differently if that w- voting was a thing there. But maybe had some different political inclinations. But what really held them together was Christ. Yeah. Um. I always go back to that uh, that talk that Tim Keller gave here in Chicago a couple years ago. Where he looked at the uh, the early church Christians in the first two or three hundred years uh, as a minority in the Roman Empire in this um, pagan government um, that the Bible told them to to respect, you know, to see as God's servant and to to work within. Um, but he he kind of generalized. theres kind of four. Um, key values that they held that were radical that made them stand out (coughs) each one on its own was radical but then the four to get held together made it even more of a head scratcher right Mm -hmm. and that was that they were radically pro-life yeah they were they were the ones that were rescuing you know babies that were tossed onto the 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 garbage heap yeah they were the ones that were um you know valued life from womb to tomb yeah and that that made them stand out that was odd uh, they had a radical sexual ethic, you know, that sex was only, only for not just for a personal private ethic, but even for the good of society it was only to be done within uh, a covenant, one man, one woman yep. marriage. Yep. That it wasn't a, a personal choice; it was a, a public good, and it was this was where it was to be found. Right. So they yeah. were radically radical sexual ethic and a radical pro life ethic. They were also, the, you know. Radically um, th- sacrificial and giving and towards the poor and cared about the poor and set up institutions and hospitals and uh, fed and clothed the poor in a way that, again, was uh, countercultural. And they were radically multi-ethnic and, mm-hmm. and uh, valued different cultures and tran- and yet transcended different racial divides and yeah. eth- ethnic lines and brought people together. Um, all made in the image of God and then Keller says they had these four things that made them stand out and then um, today kind of two of those things are kind of on the political left and two of those things generally speaking on the the political right right? Mm -hmm. Um, and and Christians as kingdom people need to be holding all four of them equally and that's going to make us most likely politically homeless (laughs) right um, at least willing to say. Again, I, I'm I'm in the in this realm of politics I'm, where I'm making choices of yep. prioritizing and trying to be expedient, yep. but um, but not fitting into some mold that Fox News or CNN tells me right. I need to fit into. Right. Yeah. That's helpful to me. Um, again and again, th- then we can argue like, what's the best system for helping the poor? Yeah. You know, what's uh, there's still arguments about how to think about race, how yeah. to how to approach pro-life, and, yeah, um, That's you know, divorce laws and gay marriage and all yeah. that. But um, but those those need to be uh, non-negotiable, at least in their biblical form. Of this is a value, you know. This is what marriage is. This is how sex has to be yeah. for the good of society. This is what how life has to be valued. Uh, we we can't uh, callously trample on the poor. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have to work for racial equity and justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Uh, then there's freedom to now figure out who that means is the least... um, the uh, What's the phrase? Um, Least of two evils. Yeah. Is that how it goes? What is it?
1: Uh, Lesser of two evils. Lesser of two evils, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I mean... Again, I'm still learning. Uh, you know, if anyone in our church is listening and they want to like talk to me, like I'll I'll be pretty transparent and, and we can have a conversation um, and uh, do my best to explain why I think what I think about things. But um, I I still maybe this is naive. Uh, I hope not. But like I still think like. You know, if you if you disagree with me in politics, but you still like love Jesus and are justified, like you're still you're still my family, man. Like and mm-hmm. and that I still think we can go to church together. I, I get mm-hmm. it's it's deep and it, it's gonna hurt and like like we're gonna feel it and and we're gonna have to talk about a lot of these issues. But uh, even in my own family, like like there's a lot of people that disagree and on politics and. Uh, we have heated discussions and and sometimes things get get tough, but like there's like a sort of mutual like subtle silent agreement that we all know that like at the end of the day like we still got each other's back.
0: Um, right. That's so. good. Very good. Yeah. Um, make sure you're being discipled by God's word more than. Um, memes on Instagram or news or talk radio. That's a big problem. Yeah. Make sure you're really, really running everything through God's Word. Um, Yeah, be careful of that uh, uh, the political corruption that can happen. I think of someone like Eric Metaxas. Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed his book, Bonhoeffer. I read it probably 10 years ago or something and thought, man, this is good. Yeah. but then lately he's just, he's become kind of blind supporter, uh, like a whole full throated supporter of, of, uh, president Trump to a point where he went to his, um, nomination speech at the white house recently. And then late at night, walking back through the streets of DC, um, he's recorded on a video, uh, soccer punching, you know, like, a somebody who looks different than him and probably had different political was spouting different political views and I just thought, whoa this has gone way too far and it happens on the left too, a lot of anger how could you possibly mm-hmm. you know, vote for him Or and we get we, we, it divides us and we need yeah. to sk- walk that back um, and then also just remember that the the most important vote that you'll ever cast is is the votes that you cast within the local church, for affirming and um, disaffirming um, citizens of Christ's kingdom, mm. and the political, you know, the, the political aspect of, of church life that it is a it is a real um, entity that you're a part of, and that's that's our that's the, our main life yeah. is the local church, uh, loving the brothers there and being on mission to uh, expand. God's uh, expand the local church and herald the kingdom of God which is our ultimate hope yeah um, did you have anything else?
1: no I I, I think I've, I've exhausted everything I, I can say about this topic because I as I said right. I, I'm it's hard for me it's really hard for me to, to like talk about this but um, I hope I hope you know I pray and I try real hard to be like, Lord, I like, I'm just trying my best to learn to like, love your people and, and be faithful. Uh, I'm probably making a lot of mistakes in, in in this area and I'm sorry. And that's when you got to pray and ask Jesus to uh, forgive your blind spots. And, and yeah. Yeah. So,
0: well, maybe I can just close with a quote. I read a, a book recently by uh, David Ennis called Christ and the Kingdoms of Men It's uh, Foundations for Political Life and this is his last two paragraphs he said um, we long for a bond of human community that nothing can break no one moves away, grows cold towards us, dies in which each is eagerly pursuing the good of everyone with an infinite and gracious love. That's our behind our political inclinations really we want to see That kind of society. Mm -hmm. But that is only found in God the Father through Jesus Christ. It's found only in God's promised shalom. Though made for community, we were not made for this world. What we long for in relationships, we cannot find in earthly natural ones. Our hearts are restless until they rest in the one by whom and for whom we were made, enjoying Him forever. The human bonds that sweeten our lives are blessings from God, but like all His other blessings, they point beyond themselves to the one who alone truly satisfies. It's the failure to see this that, in the modern world, has led to utopian ideology, and thence to monstrous monstrous tyranny. Mm -hmm. It is idolatry to mistake the sign for the signified, to seek in this world what can be found at least in its fullness only in the next, or in what transcends this world. Such a perverse and futile quest leads necessarily to disappointment, misery, and destruction. With that in mind, we can see the wisdom in a biblically founded system of limited government directed to its proper end and the coincidence of its biblical fidelity and political moderation. It secures for each citizen the freedom to pursue happiness under conditions apt for it but does not guarantee that happiness. So, some helpful words on our political involvement. Mm -hmm. And uh, ultimately, we're longing for the kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem. And uh, that's the church. Is the uh, is the model home for heaven? Mm-hmm. So let's enjoy it. Continue the conversation one on one. But uh, thanks for listening. Yep. Well, thank we'll you. Talk later.